love, that ever-flowing liquid fire of life, ever-expanding and illuminating truth, which is always revealed with wisdom, a spiritual nutrient necessary for vitality that is maintained through selflessness, a filter of ether that aids purity, which is love. Love, a limitless paper lantern floating into infinity on the intentions and actions of initiates of the mysteries. Welcome fellow phoenixes, I'm Ross Cessna and together we are the Spiritual Phoenix. The intent of this show isn't to tell you what to think, but to get you to think and originally articulate yourself in a way that is uplifting. We are the artists of our lives and today is a blank canvas. Let's collectively create a better tomorrow. And now I'd like to take a moment and uh, focus on what we're grateful for today. Today I'm grateful to um, have had the ability to shift my perception on what love actually is and what it means to me. Um, it's been fundamental in my growth and I'm incredibly grateful for that. And um, now I'll get into a couple quotes. Love is that condition in which the happiness of another person is essential to your own. That was said by Robert A. Heinlein. When you love someone... Oh, hold on, I just skipped down way too far. When you love someone, you love the person as they are and not as you'd like them to be. And that was said by Leo Tolstoy. Um, today's topic is being a love junkie. And I took a clip from an article. Um, it's kind of bits and pieces. I'll put the link to the whole article so you can read it yourself. Dr. Helen Fisher, an anthropologist and relationship researcher, conducted a series of illuminating studies on the brain chemistry of love. Specifically, she found the same way that the same brain chemicals, that is, massive amounts of dopamine and norepinephrine, are in play, and many of the same brain pathways and structures are active when we are falling in love and enjoying a cocaine high. Consider the specific euphoric effects of smoking crack cocaine. In the short run, according to the website cocaine.org, smoking crack cocaine leads to enhanced mood, heightened sexual interest, a feeling of increased sexual confidence, greater conversational prowess, and intensified consciousness. It offers the most wonderful state of consciousness and the most intense sense of being alive that the user will ever enjoy. I wonder if we replace the word smoking crack cocaine with the words falling in love, does the sentence still make sense? Falling in love leads to enhanced mood, heightened sexual interest, a feeling of increased self-confidence, greater conversational prowess, and intensified consciousness. It offers the most wonderful state of consciousness and the most intense sense of being alive that the user will ever enjoy. Yes, I'd say that fits, wouldn't you? Unlike crack cocaine, the effects of this falling in love high persist for weeks, months, even two years in some cases. The stimulatory effect of love crack may also help explain how we are able to stay up night after night for weeks or months on end, staring into each other's eyes and whispering words of adoration to each other despite having full days of work or school. Ultimately, the explosion of pleasurable chemicals released during the cocaine rush phase of new love relationships leads to some monstru 
monstrously short-sighted decision-making in the cocaine rush stage of the relationships. And I think that that's one of the major issues that um, romantic relationships face in our current time is this cocaine high sense of things where people have this infatuation with people and then when that wears off, a lot of people don't know how to navigate the other times of it. And for a lot of people, love is more about those people doing what they want them to do and acting how they think they should act. And it's not so much that they love that person specifically. They love the idea of them and they love how that person acts when it's in um, the person who's loving them's when it aligns with their beliefs and all that stuff. And I'm not going to say that I haven't fallen in that trap. That was one of the major issues in all my relationships um, is that I would love them for how I thought they should be. And when they didn't act how I thought they should, I would get very angry, I would get very hurt, or I would completely uh, disconnect from them. As I mature and as I grow, I find that love is more about caring for that person regardless. I mean, there's this common concept in our culture too that um, when someone's an ex, throw them under the bus, screw those people, you don't need to be around them. And that really falls back to the concept of if people love themselves um, before they get in relationship with other people, they would feel better because then they're not defining themselves by this significant other. Um, I actually reached out to one of my exes that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years and uh, made amends to her for how I had acted when her and I were together. Um, And it was so cathartic because she was the only ex that I I didn't ever reach out to. I stay in contact with two of my exes, not not on a regular basis by any means. Um, Occasionally I chat with them because I genuinely still, still do love them and I want what's best for them. Love isn't just about that um, sexual connection or having them in your life. Those people mattered to me. And when I said that I loved them, I genuinely do. Um, today, my concept of love is so much healthier. So the next time I, I find um, a woman that I'm interested in and we pursue that stuff, hopefully I can express my feelings better. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at it because I've never necessarily had healthy relationships. I'm starting to develop a healthy relationship with myself and that should translate into a healthy romantic relationship because then if I'm not getting my needs met, I should be able to communicate it and sometimes my needs aren't going to be met because I'm I'm too damn needy and that's one thing. A lot of people expect perfection from their partners, but they're not willing to look at themselves and realize that their own imperfections, or they kind of have this um, complex, complex ignorant ignorance where they do no wrong, and they don't evaluate themselves to the same level that they evaluate other people, or they do evaluate themselves to that level, but they give themselves um, carte blanche to do whatever they want. There's also this concept that um, some religious people will have where they want you to believe their religion because they love you and they want what's best for you. Love is unconditional acceptance. So you can't say that you love somebody and then try to impose your beliefs on them because that's absolutely counterintuitive to love. Uh, It's such a 
a difficult subject for some people to comprehend that. I think that a large contributing factor to our misunderstanding of love is the fact that um, we love objects now. We can replace those objects, throw them away. If one thing doesn't work, it's trashed, it's scrapped, just go buy another one. And I think that we've objectified people in um, pers personalized or anthropomorphic anthropomorphized objects and it's it's kind of chilling now now back to the subject of love being a drug i mean there's so many people that myself included formally would obsess over certain people to their own misery would go to any extent to get that person's attention um would go to any kind of length to make those people happy would obsess over not having their attention and it comes down to this that's exactly like the symptoms of a drug addict being somebody who's um, obsessive and compulsive about things love can be very tumultuous for me and the majority of the difficulties in my relationships have come from not allowing space or being obsessive and compulsive about situations um, to the extent of creating problems when there isn't any because the problem for me is internally and then it's expressed and creates this outward problem. I think if people spent more time trying to um, form emotional and mental connections in relationships rather than trying to go to the straight physical connection, um, which in my personal opinion, and I know it's shared by other people, the physical connection is the lowest of all those connections. It's the most base and um, easiest one to achieve. And the thing about the physical connection is if that's there, when the physicality of the situation changes, the relationship is then on shaky ground. My goal is to establish healthy mental um, and emotional relationships, ideally a spiritual relationship too, where there's some, um, they don't have to believe everything I do spiritually, but they have to at least have mutual respect for my beliefs and I can respect theirs. Because there's a lot of growth in that. Um, and that's really all I got on this. Um, you can follow me on social media, at Spiritual Phoenix. There'll be a little banner below with that. It's been on for the whole video. Or you can visit my website at thespiritualphoenix.com. I uh, posted a tarot reading yesterday. i potentially going to stop posting the reading and just sending that out as a, um, as a newsletter. So if you want to sign up for the mailing list for that, there'll be a link in the tarot description. If you could please, please leave me a review on iTunes if you um, like and enjoy the podcast. This will help me reach new listeners, and I'm going to start reading the reviews that I do have. I don't have many yet, but as I get more, I will read those. And with that, I love, respect, and appreciate all of you. Love and light. I'm going to put this episode on the pyre. Don't believe, don't follow, do not consume, do not watch. Largely what I'm talking about here is reclaiming experience. This is what's been taken from us. It's a self-advancing, self-expanding, self-defining process, and it takes no prisoners. The real world isn't a spiritual world, it isn't a material world, it isn't an empty world, it isn't a solid world, it's simply...